Hello, everybody, and welcome to Explain It To Me Like I'm a 10-Year-Old. Today, I am very lucky to host Stephen Van Allen, the CEO and founder of Sleepyhead. Sleepyhead sells top-of-the-line mattress toppers to universities, college students, and, well, anybody that needs a good night's sleep. I'm excited to share with you today the success story of Sleepyhead, which has came roaring back as universities reopened this year with 300% growth. Hi, Stephen. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. So, you know, just getting started, uh, my first question for you is, when did you first have the idea for Sleepyhead? And when did you know to take the leap for starting Sleepyhead? Yeah, great question and, and great introduction, by the way. That was very fluid. Um, so, yeah, I had the idea in 2016 uh, for Sleepyhead. I was a college student and I was sleeping on a very uncomfortable used mattress. And I looked at the tag on the mattress and it said that it was manufactured in 1999. And so this is almost a 20 year mattress. And, um, you know, I was using a mattress topper at the time. And I noticed so were my classmates and, and friends and roommates and so forth, but no one knew where their mattress topper came from um, or what brand it was, especially. They knew that, you know, their parents probably bought it or maybe it came from Costco or Walmart or Target, but no one knew, you know, what, you know, brand their topper was. And, and most of them didn't have a brand or didn't have a cover. And so it, I had this, you know, magical thought when I woke up and, and, uh, you know, thought of the idea of sleepyhead and even the name at that exact point came to my mind and thought, why not? And so, um, in 2017, I ended up winning a business competition at Cal state Northridge called the, uh, the CSUN bull ring, which is put on by the college of, uh, David Nazarian, which is like the economics and business school there. And it was comprised of like 70 different, um, businesses and students and they were there was students that were you know engineers and computer scientists and master's students and uh teams comprised of five six people and i was the only person that was a solo founder and uh, i pitched sleepyhead and we ended up winning that business competition and, and so that really solidified the idea that this is this is real and and that people understand the uh the problem and the solution here so that's really when Sleepyhead got started. Wow, that's that's awesome. I just can't, can't even imagine the thrill of being able to start your own company in college. So my next question for you is, did you always know, like in some form, that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I get that question often, and, and I even think about it a lot. I really, you know, like the most humble answer I can say is I really believe that I was, I was born with, uh, with this, you know, entrepreneur bug or gene. And, and I could say the same thing probably about you as well. I started right around your age, around nine, 10 years old. And it was as simple as selling lemonade on the, the corner, you know, and, and that's a story we hear a lot, but you know, my lemonade stand was one of the most successful lemonade stands I knew um, in the area and, you know, of the, of the neighbor, neighborhood kids and on the block. And I would make, you know, 100, 200, $300 a weekend. And I did that every single weekend um, for a couple of years. And I, you know, I built up enough money to buy my first car. And, um, 
you know, happened to be a, a used Range Rover, which is a really awesome first car for a 15 year old. And, and that was all because, um, I, you know, I had little lemonade stands or I would mow people's lawns or wash their cars and, you know, just do different things to try to make money and, and also try to provide a service. So, you know, that's, oh, I, I, I personally do that too. It's just, it's very fun just going out doing these little entrepreneurial kind of acts. So what other than just like starting things like, like a lemonade stand, do you have any other advice for kids that are interested in starting a business? Yeah, I think, you know, just, just go and do something that um, will teach you valuable skills. And even if it's as simple as a lemonade stand, you know, uh, I learned so much just from uh, being on time, you know, to showing up on that corner every single Saturday at, at, at 11 a.m. and leaving at 3 p.m. because that was like when the majority of traffic was coming from like soccer games and different things like that to, you know, putting to get buying the ingredients and putting it together, which was, you know, valuable to know, like how much the ingredients cost and how much I needed to sell it for. Um, you know, and, and along that journey, I also read a lot of finance books. Uh, one of the first books I've ever read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I've never read a uh, fictional book to date. So I only read nonfiction. And, and that's because it just it makes the most sense to me because that's where I'm going to learn the most. And, and also it's really applicable to real life, you know, cause it is real life. And so, um, those things are really important at a young age because they really set the, the foundation for me to when, you know, I went on to start other businesses or, or dabble in finances. I knew, you know, somewhat what I was doing and, and that was really important to make those mistakes and, and learn those lessons and do all those things at a young age. It, it really was fundamental. That's, that's, that's really awesome. You know, just, I, I, I now I'll take that advice to Arnold. I'll start reading some good books like that. Uh, so my next question for you is what it was the hardest part about starting a business in college, you know, just at such a young age. Yeah. So sleepyhead surprisingly actually is my fifth, company as an adult. And so, um, you know, I started Sleepyhead, like I mentioned in college, but I also had other businesses like right before college or during my college experience. And when I say that, I mean, like I went to college for a semester and then I, I dropped out to do a business. And, and, uh, and then when I really went back to college, you know, and said, I'm going to finish and I'm going to complete, you know, my four years, that's, that's when sleepyhead transpired, but, um, I had some, you know, little success and, and a small exit, uh, in a prior business. And, you know, those were just local, you know, businesses and, and small businesses. So when I, when I had the opportunity to really, um, see the scalability of sleepyhead, I noticed that, I learned all these special skills and all the grit and, and perseverance and persistence and sales and, and negotiations, all these things um, prior. And they really complimented me as I, as I started to scale sleepyhead. And I realized that, you know, sleepyhead is definitely the, the baby that I, that I want to, you know, raise. And, and it's the longest business I've been with sleepyhead for five and a half years now, which is crazy because any other prior business, it was like a year or two max. And, and I was kind of tired of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I get that. I'm just curious, what were some of those prior businesses? Yeah, so I started a company called Imagine Lawns, which was LA's, uh, Los Angeles's first zero emission landscape company. So this was a, a company I started um, when I was 19. I originally thought of the idea my junior year in, in high school. And it basically was to replace all gasoline powered lawn equipment with battery operated equipment. The environment is a huge passion of mine and, and the noise and the pollution that these like leaf blowers and, and lawn mowers and edgers make is just so uh, severe. And not many people understand that 10% of air pollution comes from these small, you know, two stroke, uh, really dirty, often, um, you know, mixed with oil and gas and, and used in, in improper ways cause such harm to um, the environment and, and also to people's, you know, ears and, and neighborhoods and so forth. And so that was my first company. And I ended up having a small exit with that company. Um, from there, I started an interior plant company. So we actually ended up doing a lot of uh, WeWorks first plant displays. So, you know, um, if you've ever been into a WeWork building, it's beautiful, beautiful, you know, architecture, designs, like aesthetics, um, feng shui, and then plants also is an important aspect of, of WeWorks kind of uh you know, office interior designs. And so we actually did the first plant displays for the WeWork in Hollywood, which I believe is WeWork's first um, California location, or if not Southern California's location. So that was really cool. And we ended up doing like other class A buildings, like doctor's offices and hospitals and different things like that. Um, I ended up leaving that business just because it was so difficult to scale because you always you know, needed product and needed, you know, um, to do maintenance and do different things like that. It was a lot of, you know, manpower that was, that was needed, uh, to be successful and scale that company. But from there, I ended up, uh, co-owning a pet boutique. And that's when I really got my, my, uh, you know, buying experience of buying things and then reselling them and, and also customer service and all different kinds of, you know, skills like that. And then from there, I, I realized that I, I'm just not a huge fan of, I love, you know, animals and I have a dog myself, but I just don't love selling like pet beds or, or dog, uh, dresses or collars or different things like that. And, uh, um, I ended up opening up a nonprofit called imagine clean air LA, which helps kind of what my first business did, which helps kind of mitigate air pollution by replace replacing non road mobile machinery with battery operated machinery. And, um, I didn't do too much with that nonprofit. It's still a, a, a active 501 C three. And I would love to kind of, um, you know, re revisit that opportunity, but I realized I didn't know how to raise money for a nonprofit. And I just, I'm not the type of person to stand up on a stage and ask for people's donations and stuff like that. So that's when, uh, I realized that sleepyhead was a, you know, an idea and a fit for me at, at that time as well. So, wow. Um, so this this <laughs> question is a bit uh, more focused on Sleepyhead. So, what can you tell us me about the process of developing Actress Topper in college? Like having to balance all this workload of making a product and doing classes. Yeah, absolutely. So don't tell anybody because you're the first to know this. But I actually graduated college December of 2019. So I was. I was raising money from investors and 
and running a business. And no one knew that I was still in college and still a college student. So that was, that's a secret of mine. Um, but it was such an, uh, an honor to be able to run a business while also being a college student and studying business because uh, not many people get to do that, right? Not a lot of, of college students, whether it's undergrad or even graduate um, students own a business or, or run a business or even have prior business experience. And so being able to do that was, was such a joy because I was learning things, you know, in real life that I was also learning, you know, in, in school and vice versa. And so it was just like such a compliment to each other. And, and I was able to take you know, skill sets that I was learning in real life and help even apply them to some of my homework assignments. And I used Sleepyhead as, as case study examples and, and real life, you know, um, experiences and, and internship opportunities and different things like that. And so I had friends, you know, and other interns that were college students working for me. And, and so it was a really, it was a really cool, um, you know, vibe as a college student, I definitely recommend, you know, starting something. And it's so easy because you you're in this network effect of just people wanting to, uh, you know, learn things and, and work, you know, somewhat for free, basically, if not, you know, totally for free, which once you get out of college, you have to make money. Right. So that was a, an important aspect as well. Yeah. So when you were in college, people like really take you seriously. Like there's people who are raising money from you. You were in college and you're so young and you're starting a business. How do you overcome those challenges? Yeah. So in 2016, when I thought of the idea and started putting together Sleepyhead, no one really knew about it other than I think my roommate at that time. And um, in 2017, when I won the, uh, the, the business competition at, in college, that's when really everything started to come together and I would get stopped on campus and people didn't know my name as Steven. They knew me as sleepyhead. So they'd be like, Hey, sleepyhead, or Hey, you're the sleepyhead guy. And, uh, that was a, that was a, you know, inspirational moment because the, the name sleepyhead, I feel like is such a household name and it was already sticking in people's minds as you know, a lot of people have the problem, especially myself with remembering people's names. Um, it was really cool to see that people remembered the company's name and that was, that was special. And so from there, it, it just, you know, um, kind of took on a life of its own. And in 2018, we brought on Sean Nelson, the founder and CEO of LoveSack as our first investor. And I'm not sure if he knew I was still in college or not, but he definitely understood that, um, I was, you know, college aged and, and really hungry and, and, um, you know, very nimble in my, you know, my thoughts and my business and my processes and all that. And so that was a, you know, important year for us. And from there, we just kept going. Yeah. So here, so my next question for you is what is the most important thing that you've had to learn to become a great leader? Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a really great question. I think I could answer that in so many different ways, to be honest with you. Um, I think the most important thing is, is find somebody like a Sean Nelson that can be a, a special mentor to you. 
Um, and I know a lot of people talk about having mentors and, and all of these different things, but if you can just find a really good mentor, just one really, really special mentor that, you know, is also happens to be in the same space as you, right? Like if I own a e-commerce company or, or a brand or a, a tangible product, my mentor should be someone that also does something like that. And so Sean's, um, connection made a lot of sense because, you know, he sells one of the largest furniture companies and, and, uh, is the face of, of love sack that sells beanbags and, and, you know, sectionals, which are these, these, um, really cool couches and, and all of that. And so that made perfect sense. And, you know, it's, I think that's probably the most important thing. And, you know, I find other entrepreneurs trying to find mentors that are in, in, um, you know, like tech and they're in, in product or, or something just kind of separate and, and they end up, um, having disagreements or whatnot. And it's mostly because they're just, they're not the same, um, you know, parallel as, as each other. So, yeah. Wow. So like when you look for mentors or even just like the people that you work with, what are the traits that you look for in those people? Yeah, that's, I think that's kind of my second answer to your first question. And, and, uh, and obviously it goes with this question as well. You know, the biggest thing that I could recommend is just avoid, avoid, uh, uh, shady people or scam artists or, or anyone in that, you know, that you just don't have a good gut feeling about. And I've learned that mistake several times and I'll, and I will promise myself I'll never repeat it again. And so I think just finding someone that aligns with you um, both holistically and maybe spiritually as well. Um, and, you know, that have the same, that have the same values as you that have the same morals as you. And that can go a long way because uh, there's, you know, there's a joke, even with Sean that there's um, you know, there's a lot of clowns out there and, and these are people that, you don't want to just take your money and, and not give you anything or tell you that they're the best at something and they're really far from it. And, and so if you can avoid those people, you do really well. And, um, you know, that, that, that conversation could go on forever, but I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. So my final question for you today is what is your advice for a college student with the dream of starting a business? I think the most simple advice is, is, uh, just do it. You know, you're gonna learn. And I have so many friends that, you know, have ideas and, and even started, you know, executing on their ideas and, and it, it just never ends, right? Like you start something and then you start executing it and you realize that there's more problems to solve and there's more things that you're going to learn. And that's the special process of being an entrepreneur. It's not the idea it's not the, just the pure execution of it. It's the whole entire package, you know, from the idea to the execution, to problem solving, to finding people to believe in the, the, the same thing that you believe in, to coming on board, to writing a check, to continuing to uh, scale your product or service. And, and just the evolution of it is, is what a lot of people, um, you know, they lose the attention or the, the opportunity. And it just takes, business takes so long. We, we read and we hear about these unicorns and these companies that get created and one year later, they're worth a billion dollars. But, you know, 
there's so many other businesses that have taken a great amount of time to get started and are probably even more sustainable because of that. And that's really the important thing is just don't give up, you know, obviously know when it's not working and be smart enough to, to pivot or change directions or to stop doing it. But don't give up just because of one thing or two things or 10 things or even a hundred things. Um, keep going and, and, and watch it play out. This is, like I mentioned, this is five and a half years with Sleepyhead and this is our biggest year yet. And so I couldn't even imagine if I, if I gave up all those times I wanted to give up before this year and never saw through it until this year and, and next year will be even, even bigger. And so um, we're just getting started. And, and I think that's an exciting time. And I feel like we're getting started every year, but that is what keeps my flame going. And, um, you know, burnout for, for founders and entrepreneurs is so real, but if you just keep that flame lit by understanding that this is a process and everything like Steve Jobs said, right. All the dots will connect looking back. You can't connect the dots looking forward. I trust that these dots will connect. And so that's, that's my final kind of part of all of this. Thank you so much for being here. The interview was amazing. I just I really appreciate it. Um, so my last thing I want to say to you is actually I had a sleepy head mattress topper uh, when I went to my summer camp and it was incredible. Now I have it on my bed at home. Uh, That's yeah. awesome. 